All right. Welcome back to Empires of the Future. I am sitting here, your host today, Denton Ice, and I am sitting here without Jackson. Well, that's not true. Jackson's here, but you're not going to get to hear his voice today. Instead, across the table from me, I have my guest, Kira O'Neill. The O'Neill is rather new. How long have you been married now, Kira? Five months coming up on it. Oh, man. July 16th. July 16th, five months ago. Wow. How's how's married life been? Oh, it's wonderful. I love being married. Yeah, what's the best part? Uh, not having to go home at the end of the day, like actually, actually getting to live in the same space and do life together officially. Yeah. It, it, dating is just weird and makes that difficult. Um, so getting to do life together and like that be what we're supposed to be doing. Oh yeah. Is, I hear that. I hear yeah. that. That exact thing. I remember like when, when me and my wife got married, um, one of, it's a small thing, but like at the mm-hmm. end of the day, you know, regardless of mm-hmm. how much time you've gotten to spend together, you get to spend Oh. The rest of your evening and, and all that together. Oh, yeah. And so not a great. small thing. That's huge. It's a huge <laughs> thing. It's a huge, it is a huge thing. thing. You're right. It is not a yeah. small thing. Yeah. Well, I'm so glad to have Kira here with me today. And we're going to be talking about something uh, rather important, uh, particularly important to Kira. Um, so let me let me start by saying this. Kira is the, um, is, are you called the president? President. President of the UE Students for Life. Um, it is a uh, pro-life organization. And um, we are going to talk to Kira a little bit about what that looks like and what it's like leading a pro-life organization, specifically what it's like leading a pro-life organization this side of Roe v. Wade. It's an interesting time that we live in uh, now, unlike anything we've known for the past uh, 60, 70 years. 50. 50 years, yeah. That's right. That's how much it is. Yeah, thank yeah. you, Kira. You know about this stuff, apparently. <laughs> yes, I That's do. great. I well, do. we have the right person <laughs> on today. Let's start with this. Kira, tell me a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? Uh, what makes you, you? Yes. So I'm from Evansville, Indiana. Um, I went to Evansville Christian School. That is probably up until getting married and all of that stuff, the most influential thing in my life. Um, Influenced my faith, influenced the way I live, what I want to do, all of that stuff. Um, I'm a chemistry education major at the University of Evansville. I'm going to be a teacher back at Evansville Christian School. I've had a job lined up for years now. Um, And so I'm really looking forward to that. Um, We already talked about how I got married this summer. So that has been changing me over the past almost five months now. Um, College is a big thing that anyone who has been to college, I think, would know that college affects all of what you do. Mm -hmm. Um, Go to First Southern Baptist. That's a big deal. Uh, That's where all of my community is. Um, oh, and I'm the UE Students for Life president, and that takes up a lot of my time because we're a new club, and being a new club comes with all of its own challenges. So that is that is the quick version of who I am and what I do. Cool. So. So, so how new is UE Students for Life? This is our second year existing. So last year was the first year, obviously. Um, This guy named Tad started it, and he saw a need for it. Um, I don't actually know that much about the origin. I've tried to learn, and not many people have a good answer for me. Um, But what I do know is we are starting now in, like, actually getting past existence and getting into, like, doing and all of that. Yeah. So then that leads me to kind of another question. How is it that you came to get involved in Mm -hmm. Uh, pro-life issues and specifically with the organization on UE's campus? 
How long of an answer do you want? <laughs> a really long one. You know what? We try okay. and limit these things to two hours. So okay, uh, okay, you've got cool. all the so time in the world. Yeah. Time. Okay. So I grew up not really ever talking about abortion in my household. Obviously, we were pro-life because I've grown up as a Christian. I've grown up with those basic beliefs, but it never came up. I have no idea why because my parents are adamantly pro-life. They, it's not like it was an ambiguous thing. Um but it just wasn't talked about. And so um, I think we watched the movie Unplanned one time when I was younger, and that was it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got to college. Tad was starting up the group. Um, Students for Life is a national organization. That's kind of important to know mm-hmm. because we have a regional coordinator. Her name is Mary Carmen, and she is amazing. I love her to bits. But um, they were tabling, and this is also an important like college word definition, Whenever you talk about tabling, um, it just means that you have a table set up in like the student common area and you are there for people to talk to. Mm-hmm. You usually go during rush hours and so that's like lunch time-ish um, and you just are there for people to talk to and like let know you exist. And so yeah. that's a lot of what we do and that's why that definition is important. So anyway, they were tabling. I stopped by. I saw that they, what they were doing. I was like, hey, I'm pro-life. I don't really know why, but I am, so I'll sign up. Um, And then I wasn't able to attend, like, a single meeting the whole year because I had classes and stuff. Um, And so I came to, like, maybe two meetings the whole time. And it was, like, at the very end of the year after my classes had ended um, because it it was a weird class, but that's not important. (laughs) (laughs) I came to like two meetings and because I came to like two meetings, they were like, Hey, do you want to be the vice president next year? Nice. And I was like, um, sure. Okay. Yeah. Uh, if the position needs to be filled, sure. That's, that's what I do a lot is just fill a need. And so, um, it was actually a really, really good thing though, because the being in that role gave me the opportunity to do a summer leadership academy that Students for Life of America was putting on for the people in leadership in their clubs throughout the country. Mm -hmm. Um, It was an eight-week thing that happened on Tuesdays this past summer, um, and they sent me a bunch of resources with that, and one of those was Persuasive Pro-Life. Yeah, so that's Um, a book that you brought here with you, written by Trent Horn. Yes. Um, So I went through that whole leadership academy, learned a lot of stuff through that because it was just a lot of conversations that I had never been in before because, like I said, never talked about being pro-life when I was growing up. So it was good to get my feet wet with that. And then I read that book. So I read Persuasive Uh Pro-Life and it drastically changed the way I looked at everything Uh Um, because he does such a good job of just talking through argument wise why are we pro-life and how to deal with different types of people based on like what they believe not based on their age or their demographic but based on like okay this person is making a religious argument Mm -hmm. here's how you encounter religious arguments and that kind of thing um his description of the abortion procedures drastically changes everything um if you are listening to this and you haven't ever like just learned basic medical definitions of abortions is an important thing to do Mm. um because it it really does change the way you look at it you don't have to read an emotional 
anything of it, the medical definition is enough mm. to, it, it made me sob for a while. Yeah. Um, and so from that, I obviously am not going to have that experience and then not do anything or not change the way I think. Um, and so I got very involved from there. Um, if you notice, those titles don't line up. I w- I'm not still vice president. Um, when the year came and we were trying to schedule things and all that, the there were co-presidents that um, they realized they were way too busy to be in that role. And they saw the passion that I had for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they were like, hey, we, we really respect what you're doing here, what you want to do here. And we want to offer you this so that you can have the freedom to do what you want to do. Yeah. Um, and so it was really the Lord's way of positioning me perfectly where I needed to be at the time because I was not ready to be president at the time. Yeah. And then he gave me that over the summer and just jump-started it to where I was prepared for that role then because yeah. I had read a whole book and had this whole leadership academy and just done a whole lot more to to prepare for that role. Yeah. So, That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Man, it's so cool to hear you talk about the the power that um, – you know, even just this, this book had, mm-hmm. and I, I noticed the book, it's, it's looks like it's put out by what is it? Catholic answers, press.com. But it sounds like the book itself is, is largely not really like just for religious people oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or religious arguments, but yeah. Um, wow. Just uh, it looks, it's yeah. a thick book. You can't see it if you're listening, <laughs> but, uh, it's a pretty thick book yeah. for, a, uh, I think for, for, I don't know, a book like you would think this would be seems, sounds to be pretty comprehensive. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit more about the book? Yeah, absolutely. So it's actually important that you said that it is put out by a Catholic thing, but it's actually not religious at all. Yeah. Um, and that's an important thing in the pro-life movement is that the arguments we are making are not religious. Mm-hmm. They're not emotional. They're not anything like that. It is purely logic-based that we are having this conversation. Um, we're looking at it and we're saying, okay, that is alive. That is a human and alive humans, no matter any other factor, have the right to life. Mm. And so, and there's a lot more that goes into that, of course, sure. but you can really can break it down to that because it is a logical issue. Right. And then that opens up our whole conversation that we're going to get to about law and all of those things that we're not talking just Christians alone or yeah. just Muslims alone have these views. It's everyone can believe this because it is not some emotional thing. Yes, right. there's emotion involved, but it's a logical issue. And so that that's another reason I love that book so so much. Um, I think that that's most of what there is to say about that is that yeah. it, it just walks you through how to, how to deal with all of the different um, arguments from there. It talks about biology and philosophy because um, those are going to be your two ways that you have to defend the pro-life issue. Yeah. And so, yeah. Yeah. Very cool. So, so a great book, persuasive pro-life by Trent Horn, mm-hmm. uh, recommend checking that out. And I'm going to check it out cause I'd never heard of it either yeah. until you brought it in today. And so definitely a book I'm going to be checking out, uh, as well. So with that being said, so, so here you are now president of students for life, uh, the UE chapter, and you came in at an interesting time. It seems like, or maybe yes. you coming in made things interesting. I don't know. Maybe we can talk more about that. Um, but tell us a little bit. There's been some interesting, interesting mm-hmm. stuff happening on campus in relation to Students for Life. Tell us a little bit about what's been going on on campus um, 
surrounding the the issue of life. Are you talking like since Roe v. Wade or well, I can only well, talk since Roe v. Let's, Wade. So let's yeah, let's let's talk since Roe v. Wade. More specifically, let's let's talk since you've been president. What kind of things okay. have been happening? Yeah. Um. So. I hinted at it a little bit whenever I was talking about just the transition of being a second year club. Um, but a lot of what's different since I've been president is that we are going from existing into functioning. Um, I don't know if you guys like ever talk about writing in this way, but some people talk about writing and your drafts and how the first one is to make it exist. The second one is to make it functional. And then the third one, you actually make it like work. Like okay. it, that's what you want your third draft to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've been thinking of it in that way of years. We are in the second year. I'm trying to get us functional. Tad did an amazing job getting us to exist because that in itself is a big thing to get yeah. to one step up and say, I'm going to do this thing in a very anti-pro-life world and on a college campus, on a liberal college campus. So that's a huge thing in itself. And then to get members and all of that. So he did everything he needed to that first year. This year, my main goal is for us to function. So actually have events and do more than sit around in a room together and actually have campus know that we exist, you know, because you can exist and no one will know and then you don't do anything. And so that has been my main goal is to be a presence on campus and have events and actually have like focused events because we'd have meetings before, but it was kind of like five people sitting in a room going, all right, what do you guys want to talk about? (laughs) And that's much different than a very intentional, okay, we have a meeting on Tuesday to do this specific thing. Um, And so... That's big picture what we're doing this year. I hope next year it will go even the step further, like I was talking about, of it working, you know, because yeah. um, not that we haven't worked this year, but it, it'll just look different year to year as we grow. Um, so that is mostly this year, though. Um, do you want me to talk events? Yeah, talk a little, what okay. kind of events have you yeah. guys been doing? Maybe uh, what kind of upcoming events? I know mm-hmm. you have an event coming up. I believe December 6th. Is that right? Yes. Oh, you checked that today because I did that this morning. I did. I looked at it today. I'm like, I wonder if they have anything going (laughs) on. Okay, yeah. So tell us a little bit about some of the events you guys have been putting on. Um, So this semester we started with an apologetics event. We had our regional coordinator, Mary Carmen, come in and um, just give a talk about pro-life apologetics. Here's the basics. Here's what you need to know as a pro-life individual of how to defend your stance. Yeah. Um, and then we moved into the 40 days for life campaign kickoff. That was our next thing. So if you don't know what 40 days for life is, that's a whole different organization separate from us. Grassroots organization. Yes. Um, so they are trying to be like on the ground, actually walking and praying and all of that in front Mm -hmm. of abortion facilities, um, for 40 days throughout the fall and the spring. Mm -hmm. So that's where the 40 days for life comes in. Um, and so we joined them for their campaign kickoff. We we walked with them and, and did all of that. Um, I don't know if anyone did anything beyond that, but I saw them when I was driving there and yeah. I, was just, I was cheering them on from afar. <laughs> um, so we did that. And then we had a Why Pro Life event, which we can talk about that event a little bit more if you want to, because there was some controversy around it. Yeah, we'll get more um, to that in a second. Yeah. 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 
Um, but that event was just getting our members together, um, talking about our pro-life testimonies. So kind of like the question you asked me of how did you get involved? Yeah. Everything that I shared there was my like pro-life testimony. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we also kind of did a workshop of coming up with a one to two sentence answer to the question, why are you pro-life? Yeah. Cause it's important and not a lot of people can do it. Yeah. Um, so we did that. And then we had another event about local pregnancy resource centers. We talk, we focused on Birthright of Evansville, um, just learned about them, took a tour of their facility, and then held a diaper drive for them. So that was like kind of the month of November. Its theme was helping women in need. Yeah. Um, oh, that, that might be a good thing. Our mission statement is to um, gather and educate pro-life individuals on the issue of abortion and help women in need. I love it. We were fulfilling that portion of it during the month of November. And then we're finishing up with a movie night to watch the movie Unplanned. Um, That's the story of Abby Johnson and everything that she did in the pro-life movement. Because she started as someone who ran an abortion facility and then had had like a miraculous moment that Mm. changed everything. So I'm not going to spoil the movie or anything. That's right. (laughs) No spoilers. Uh, Though it is pro-life. So if that spoils it, you know, I don't know. And uh, we'll we'll put a plug in for it again later, but that's Mm -hmm. December 6th. Uh, Is it at 5.15? 5.15, yes. At Cook 101? Cook 101, I did. I looked at it just today. So uh, I want to make sure I get that plug in there. I don't even know if this will come out before then. Will this come out before then? Yes, I love it. <laughs> now, now we have to get it out before then, so that's great. Um, well, that's that's awesome. So, um, let's move into that. What you touched on a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, you had an event, uh, and there was a little bit of controversy surrounding that event. Certainly, it garnered attention from from certain yes. individuals. Tell us a little bit more about about that event mm-hmm. and and what happened after that. Yeah. So. This whole semester has been just really high tension for the pro-life movement all over the place because of the Dobbs v. Jackson decision. Mm -hmm. And um, very quick summary, Roe v. Wade was a thing that made abortion legal federally up until, I think, all throughout the first trimester. I I get my specifics mixed up. Mm -hmm. But then Dobbs v. Jackson overturned Roe v. Wade and made it a state decision to make your own laws on abortion. Mm -hmm. So basically only took the federal power out of it. Yeah. Every state has its own power now. So that's Dobbs v. Jackson. And uh, for those of you listening, we actually, Jackson and I did a podcast um, when that draft of that decision Mm -hmm. was leaked. We did a podcast on that. So you can go back and find that as well. Uh, But Mm -hmm. go ahead and continue. So because of that, it makes a lot of people think that there is not a constitutional rights in abortion anymore. One, because there wasn't ever. Right. Um, and that just makes a lot of people mad when you yeah. say or they think that their rights are being taken away. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. Okay. Mm-hmm. So a lot of pro-choice people got a lot more pro-choice and a lot of pro-life people got a lot more pro-life. Mm-hmm. And that makes things tense mm-hmm. when two very diametrically opposed views on an issue are heightening mm-hmm. that just it just makes things uncomfortable sure. yeah. <laughs> um and so interactions have not been great all semester because of that so um 
all throughout the semester, I've kind of just been slowly ramping up what we do and how much we advertise, how intense we are about how we advertise, how much I'm out there, um, and all of those things. So part of that is hanging flyers. And for all of our events, I have hung flyers. And part of that is tabling. For all of our events, I have tabled and all of those things. Um, And throughout our first couple of events, we actually had protesters show up. So at that very first one, the apologetics event with Mary Carmen, we had five girls that came and just stood in the hallway with some signs. And they were signs about like, if you need abortion resources, here's where you go and like that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and we actually left that event and we stopped and talked to those girls. I think we ended at maybe 8.15 and we didn't leave campus until after 10 oh, wow. because we just sat there and talked to them for a long time and we're trying to show compassion and, and all of these things and yeah. build relationship with these girls. Yeah. Um, it didn't stick. They, it, it made no impact on them because mm-hmm. they were at our next event with okay. more of them. Yeah. Um, and so they, all of that was ramping up and then I'm slowly ramping things up just to try and like get my feet wet and, and be more of a presence on campus. Cause mm-hmm. that's part of my goal. Like yeah. I've already talked about that. Um, and so for this event specifically, the Y pro life event, I decided that I was going to check our flyers twice a day, every day, for as long as I could leading up to this event and replace them every single time they got taken down because I wanted people to know that we had this event because I have a right to publicly like advertise on campus because we are a campus organization and that's a thing, right. you know, so, that's a basic right that I have. Right. So these flyers <laughs> so, are being taken down oh, yeah. as you're putting them up. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, how, yeah. how often was that happening? Well, I only checked it twice a day, but it was happening. If I would have hung them five times a day, they would have gotten taken down five really? times a day. Yes. So wow. on every location, every bulletin board, not every bulletin board. Okay. Some of them like Cranert, it's like the music building. Uh, they stayed up. Yeah. Um, but maybe the liberal arts building, yes. they come down. So uh-huh. Hyde Hall and Olmstead. Okay. Olmstead's like our administration, and Hyde is like the liberal arts building. It has the theater connected to it, all of that. Sure. Those are the two places where they were gone every single time yeah. that I hung them up. Um, and this is still a theme that happens. Like the, They still get taken down. But for this event, I ended up hung, hanging 230 flyers um over the span of a week a tuesday to tuesday wow how many uh, do you have an idea of roughly how many places that is 39 39 places 200 how many 200 and 230 230 total flyers hung when there are only 39 places where i can hang flyers wow yes for two weeks one week one week oh my goodness one week over a one week time frame that is some determination kira Oh, my feet I hurt so bad oh, that week. Man. It was it was a bad week. Oh, yeah. I, <laughs> I, bet I was, was shot. Oh, good on you, though. That was fantastic. Yeah. So I did that. I also was making sure to advertise in like our email system and table a bunch and all of these things. And so that combination of them, like me raising the bar and not letting them take do bad things to us. Yeah. And then retaliating um, led to some Yik Yak posts. If you don't know what Yik Yak is, mm. it's like an anonymous social media site and it's awful and yeah. I hate it. <laughs> 
Yeah. I don't know why it exists, but it does. Yeah. I and frankly so, didn't realize it still did. I remembered it from whenever I was a student at USI. Yeah. Yik Yak was real popular. I can't yeah. believe it's still so popular. It, I guess it has a place. You get to know what people think, I guess. But And I'm glad I know what I know now. Sure. But there were a bunch of just really nasty Yik Yak posts about us. Mm. Um, the one that caused us to go to administration and do all the things that we did. Um said something like, all you pro-lifers better get ready because when I show up to that meeting, uh, oh, all you pro-lifers get ready to be publicly degraded because when I show up to that meeting, y'all, y'all are going to wish you were aborted with like a wow. smiley heart emoji. Wow. Yeah. So it was bad. Um, yeah. And so now you went to administration about that. Yes. Yuck, yuck. Yes. Um, so we just weren't sure how to take it because obviously that sounds kind of threatening. And when you're used to having like five people at a meeting and you know, you have protesters and you know that things are amping up and that the culture is not for you, Mm -hmm. you get a little worried when you hear something like that. We weren't terribly worried, but we were, it was enough that we said, okay, let's at least ask what, what do we do? And so that, that week I had like I think five meetings with just various people for students for life of like okay we are in this situation what do we do yeah you know not not anything crazy like I just wanted to know if something happens how do I handle it what what can the school do what does security do all of that and it led to very good conversations nothing came of it everything was fine okay um no one showed up or uh, well we had a lot of people show up sure yeah let me back up (laughs) um we jumped from like five people in attendance at our meetings to 35 wow for that one because of this because i was quick to respond and because someone shared it on our group me as like a, hey, I'm really sorry this is happening. I want to encourage you guys that this isn't everyone, you know? Yeah. And so I took that as a chance to respond and be like, yeah, actually more is happening that I haven't told you guys about. Our flyers are getting taken down. All, all of this stuff, our chalk messages are getting vandalized. Um, and if you aren't already active, please please let this be the push to actually come to events Mm -hmm. and, and stand up for what's right. Um, and kind of just encourage our members like, yes, the world sucks (laughs) that it's a part of being on the righteous side of things. Mm -hmm. I, obviously I'm talking from a standpoint of being a Christian and that Jesus told us when you stand for righteousness, you will be persecuted. Sure. That's true for any righteous issue. Yeah. And, standing up for babies is a righteous cause. That's right. Um, so because I was able to use that as like a sounding board for my members, it, it was actually a really good thing for us. Yeah. Sucked to deal with. Yeah. Was not fun. Um, but everyone kind of showed their true colors, you know, because it, it also gave me a chance at that meeting to say, okay, these are things that are being said about us. These are things that are not good we're going to be different. We're going to approach the pro-choice side and remember that we are talking about people here. We are talking about actual human beings that have pasts, that have their own pro-choice testimonies. We're talking about our pro-life testimonies. Mm -hmm. They have theirs. They have their reasons. And we can change this conversation to be something more productive. And so really great opportunity, just not a great 
fun time to deal with. For sure. So, for sure. I, I yeah. get the feeling it, it sort of shows the error of the, uh, of the pro-choice movement that abortion now in that person's mind had become a, a threat. Like mm-hmm. uh, uh, using abortion as a as almost in a threatening way like that. Like, yeah. Well, doesn't that sort yeah. of a little bit expose the evil of abortion well, in, 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 a, in a way? Some of it is them like they know that we think that yeah. it's this. They might they might not believe that right. it's a bad thing, but because they know what we believe, they use it as this. And th- there's a lot of emotional dynamics that go into this. And if both sides would just remember that we're talking to other human beings. Yeah. Things would go so much smoother. Oh, no It'd doubt. be so much better. No doubt. But, but so yeah. how, how long ago was that event? That was our last event of October. I think it was like October 25th, either 15th or 25th. Okay. I and don't you, remember. Have which. you had an event since then? Yes. We had our entire Helping Women in Need yeah. in November. We had we had three events. We had the Pregnancy Resource Center tour, the information session, and the diaper drive. Did you see anywhere near the same level of kind of um, anger or face any of the same sort of, sort of persecution, if you will, um, for those no, events? No, we did not. Um, but I don't know exactly why. I I think that it was because our focus shifted Mm -hmm. from just being like, hey, we are pro-life and here's why, into, hey, we're actually here for the women too. And like, I'm a little bit worried of how it looked to the campus that we like shifted because of the retaliation, but our calendar was set from the beginning of the year. Sure. Um, We were going to do that the whole time. But you know how it's in your mission statement too. Yes, yes. Um, So because our focus shifted, I think it also shifted the attitude, at least towards those events. Yeah. Because they can't say, "Oh, they're just being pro-life." You know, we were actually actively helping women in need. Like now, flyers still got taken down. Don't get me wrong. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. But. For the diaper drive, it was our first event of the year when when I went to collect flyers after it was over, yeah. I was able to collect all but two. Wow. Yeah. So it, it was actually really good because for at least the diaper drive, yeah. <laughs> some people were more reasonable in saying, okay, I might not like this club, but they're doing something good here. Yeah. You know? That had to be encouraging to you to see the response then of of going from five to 35 people at your oh, next yeah. meetings. Like that had to be encouraging yeah. to you in and in a time when yeah. it would have been easy to get very discouraged, I think. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of unknowns going into it cause I had no idea how many protesters we would have. I had no idea how our club was going to respond. Like I, I, there was just a lot of unknowns. Um, and so it was very encouraging to, yeah. to be setting up for that meeting and expect it because like I try to welcome people at the beginning and all that stuff. I was expecting to do like my usual five, seven, maybe, and yeah. then thirty-five people fill the room. And... We're gonna need some more snacks. <laughs> yes, <laughs> <Yeah>. actually. <laughs> um, so it was actually a really, really good thing. Yeah, um, we've actually dropped back, but that's sure. Okay. Yeah, that's but okay. at the you know, and and that does stink. People are busy, and we know that. But yeah. it it was still, I think, an outpouring of support. What what yes. did that do for you to kind of galvanize you in what you see as kind of your mission and what your task is as president of this of this pro-life organization on campus um 
I think it just reminded me of why I'm doing what I'm doing. Because mm-hmm. um, I've had people ask me before. We, um, I don't want to go into all of the details because it's not important. <laughs> Basically, someone asked me something that I'm grateful for from this year. And I said students for life. And another person in that conversation was like, I am very surprised that that's what you said, considering how frustrated you get with all of these things. And I was like, yeah, yeah, it's very frustrating, but it's such good work. Yeah. And so to have 35 people show up to that meeting, it just reminded me of like, okay, I have opposition. It's hard to do these things, all of that, but I can make an impact with these people. I can change this conversation on this campus. I can set us up for success in the future and I can save babies. And like all in all, that is our goal in this is to change the culture and change the conversation so that progress can be made with saving babies. Amen. And so um, the reminder that that is possible and that... um, The Lord was good in giving me a ton of difficult things to deal with for a week and then giving me the reward at the end because I don't know how I would have responded if it was 35 protesters and five members. You know, I I don't know. Yeah. Um, I think I would have been able to uh, like take put my head down and bear it, but it would have been much different. Um, Yeah. It, and that's an important thing to remember too. And, and, you know, by God's grace, it wasn't that. Yes. And, uh, and that's a blessing to you. But I think something that's important to recognize and for hearers to recognize for us to remember is that on college campuses across the country, it's oftentimes is that way yes. where a pro-life event is made up of the equivalent of five pro-lifers and 35 protesters. Yes. And that's a tough place to be. And, and certainly it's a, a good motivation and call for us. Like, Hey, this is a, this is something we all need to be on board with because, yes. uh, frankly, like you said, I think many people would, would find themselves, even if they're pro-life, if they're Christian, if they're Roman Catholic, if they're whatever it might be, find themselves to be, okay, I'm pro-life, I'm committed to this, but it never comes up in conversation. Uh, no one mm-hmm. would ever know I'm pro-life necessarily unless they look at my voting ballot, like how I've voted or something like that. Um, but to be like visibly, audibly outspoken about this um, – is difficult and there's mm-hmm. not enough people standing up. And so it's, it's pretty awesome that you are. Let me do a little side note on what Go you ahead. just said, because what you just said about there being so many pro-lifers who you would never know is more frustrating to me than there being outspoken protesters. Mm. I would rather have a protester screaming in my face than someone who across the table who is pro-life and won't admit it. Yeah. Because... This is a righteous issue. Yeah. This is a injustice issue. This is a moral issue that is definite. It is clear cut. And if you know the right answer, you should be fighting for it. That's right. There, there is a reason people get so heated about this. There's a reason there's so much emotion. And yes, that's scary, but we have the tools to, to talk about it. We have yeah. the tools and the call to talk about it especially to the Christians, right? we are called to defend those who cannot defend themselves. Proverbs 31, 8 and 9 has been, oh my goodness, such a help to me because it, uh, 
I can't think of the exact words right now, but let me get our tech guy on that. Jackson, pull that up, please. (laughs) But in the meantime, yeah. Yes. We are to defend the defenseless and have a voice for the voiceless. And who better fits that definition than the unborn? Yeah. Who literally don't have a voice box yet. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, They literally have no voice. Yes. Yeah. And so to the people who know the right answer and who won't do anything about it, that is frustrating to me. I I understand. I understand that you just don't always know. Oh, Jackson just pulled it up for me. So Proverbs 31, 8 and 9 says, Open your mouth for the mute, for the rights of all the unfortunate. Open your mouth, judge righteously, and defend the rights of the afflicted and needy. Mm. And so... Yes. Amen. Who better fits that than the unborn? Yeah. Um, and so that's my soapbox for this portion. That's a great soapbox. Because speaking up for this is an important thing. Yeah. And it's a righteous thing. And it's consistent. And it's the most solid ground you could stand on to be pro-life in the abortion issue. And so do it. Amen. <laughs> Amen. So let's move, shift gears just a little bit. I'm, I love hearing what's going on on campus, what you're doing as president there. Um, this is, has gotten you, as it sounds like over the past couple of years, sort of galvanized you in this issue. Um, so I'm, and it sounds like you have a decent handle on things going on within this issue, even abroad. As far as you see it, what has changed within the um, pro-life, within the abortion debate since Roe versus Wade, what what maybe ground has been won? How has the conversation changed mm-hmm. since the overturn of Roe v. Wade? Yeah. Um, so, actually, I've not been in this for years. I've been in this for months. Months. Yes. Well, you said you, so. This is your second year involved in the organization. Second year, the club has existed. It's the second, but yes. you weren't in it the whole time. Yes, I got involved okay. at the end of last school year, just oh, man. barely. Just barely. Oh, it's just been months. I put my toe in the water right. at the beginning of last year. Um, wow. I can still answer this question because I've been paying attention. I, yeah. I know the conversation at yeah. this point. Um, but yes, I I don't personally know a lot about pre-Dobbs decision. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that when that came out, there was a lot of just like, what? what, What is happening? Yeah. Um, because our culture has been shaped for the past 50 years by Roe v. Wade. The 50-year anniversary is this this coming March. So I think it's March. That's when the March for Life is, and that's when they're going to be talking about it, at least. Mm -hmm. Um, So January. No, January. Sorry. This this year, at least, uh, in 2023, because it was uh, Roe v. Wade passed in 1973. Anyway, unimportant. (laughs) Um, so I know that the conversation has just gotten more intense. Mm-hmm. I don't think that there has been a big shift towards pro-life or pro, pro-choice. pro mm-hmm. It is just, like I said earlier, the pro-choicers get more pro-choice and the pro-lifers get more pro-life. Yeah. It intrigues a lot of more people. Mm-hmm. It comes up a lot more because it's not just this casual behind the scenes like, Oh, yeah, Roe v. Wade happened in 1973. That's a thing that's in our Constitution. Mm -hmm. Like, no, it's active. This is the law currently changing. And state laws are currently changing because they are they're able to for the first time in 50 years. Um, (laughs) I need to give my friend a shout out. She's she's a uh, political science major. 
And when she talks about this, she gets so fired up and is like, is really upset at the people who say that you're like taking away democracy or it's like the fall <laughs> of America or whatever, because this is more democracy. That's what right. she says every time. Right. This is more democracy. This is what you want because yeah. it's a state decision. Right. And that's a really, really good thing, actually. We, right. we we want more more individual choices in this. Right. So anyway, that's that's her little way of getting into this podcast. Um, so I think a lot of the conversation on the pro-life side, at least, is a whole lot of celebration and a whole lot of... I don't know, somberness mm-hmm. at looking ahead at what we have in front of us mm-hmm. because it is a big thing to go, yes, the giant rock is out of our way, mm-hmm. but now we look ahead and we see 50 individual ba- battles. So Roe v. Wade was not an end goal and right. never was. Right. It can't be an right. end goal because now if we don't take it at a state level and take it and 50 individual states, we're going to lose. We're going to lose again. Mm-hmm. And so to to look at that and say, oh, Roe v. Wade's done. All right, cool. Right. My, my job is finished here is the worst thing we can do. Mm-hmm. Um, right. we, we absolutely have to step up and do more than we ever have. Right. Because it's individual battles now. Yeah. Um, more power is in our hands mm-hmm. to at this past election to to have voted pro-life and to say okay wait this is in my my power to to change this conversation yeah it's going to come up at more holiday meals i don't know how many people talked about abortion over thanksgiving but that's going to be a lot more likely yeah than it was before um on the pro-choice side and on the pro-life side right you got to remember it's happening both ways and I, I told Justin this whenever um, we were going to vote. I was like, I'm, I'm worried about this because anger will drive people a lot easier than um, just like contentment and joy, yeah. you know, t- at least to action. Right. You know, people might be like, yay, Roe v. Wade was overturned. But the pro-choicers that are fired up, those are going to be a lot more likely to go and do something about sure. about that anger than joy. You know, people sure. who don't realize there's more to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so what was yeah. the original question? Did yeah, I- to, you're answering it, but kind of talking about the difference now, uh, post Roe v. Wade, what the pro-life decision is like, or mm-hmm. the pro-life conversation is like. And one of the things you, you're saying is exactly right, whereas uh, in a very real way for the pro-life movement, our mission is not now over. The battle isn't now over it's and started. won. Yes, in a very real way, the, the battle has just started. Um, we now have the opportunity to gain ground. Um, like you said, now that that rock, that boulder has been removed, Roe v. Wade being overturned, no longer is that a um, an obstacle in our way, but now mm-hmm. ground is available to be gained. And both the pro-life and the pro-choice movement is going to seek to gain that ground. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's the job of the pro-life movement. It's the job of people who care, who who love the unborn and want to see unborn, who want to see babies saved, exactly like you said. Mm-hmm. And women um, helped. And women helped. Yes, that's exactly right. That, that's a whole conversation in itself, but they go hand in hand. Yeah. Well, let's get into that then. Talk, talk about, so there are, there are, you know, all kinds of people that say if you are uh, for ending abortion, 
uh, or restricting abortion or removing abortion, then you are anti-women. This is opposed to women. Women need abortion. They need, uh, quote unquote, the the euphemistic phrase, um, uh, what do they call it? Health care. Yeah, they, they call it health care. There it is, reproductive care, reproductive, reproductive rights. rights. That's exactly yeah. right. And that's all, that's all euphemistic language to hide behind what actually is at the core yeah. of what's, what's happening. So talk to us a little bit about how it is the mission of your organization. And it goes hand yeah. in hand to say we are for saving babies and for helping women. And the, both are true together. Tell yes. us about that. Um, so one, I will say that there are a lot of people who I'm going to regurgitate what they have said and they will say it a whole lot better. So there are people that say this better than me. Um, but, um, there are a lot of factors in why abortion exists, right? And why people think that it's needed. And a lot of those go back to circumstances. They don't actually go back to, I mean, they can, but people talk about marginal issues to justify the big picture. Mm-hmm. And so um, you can talk about the case of rape. You can talk about the case of life of the mother. You can talk about all the exceptions, which they do need to be talked about. Sure. I can't get into that right now, though. Right. What we really need to be talking about is all of the other circumstances where people try to justify abortion. Mm-hmm. They might say that we need abortion because there are women in financial trouble who can't support their children or in relational trouble who don't want to raise their children alone or anything like that. Any one of those reasons is what we need to be talking about because Mm -hmm. abortion is an easy out to a tough situation Mm -hmm. and everyone gets to point the woman to that instead of giving her real help. real actual help that she needs whether it's financial or relational or emotional or any of those things Mm -hmm. a woman gets pregnant in one of those scenarios and her job and her family and everyone goes why would you have this kid go have an abortion Mm -hmm. and doesn't actually help her with what she needs and it's a huge issue it is a huge issue and it is way more oppressive to women than her being able to go kill her child real quick. Yeah. You know? Um, And I know it's deeper than that and all of those things, but it does somewhat boil down to that. Yeah. Because it's an easy out and easy outs are not helpful. Right. (laughs) They are not helpful because when a woman has to do that and she gets pregnant again, she still needs those things and she's still pointed to abortion and it's just not, it's just not helpful. Right. <laughs> um, I'm saying this as a woman. Um, it, it is not what we actually need. It's not empowering. It's empowering to look at a woman and say, okay, you're in a tough situation, but you can do this. Yeah. You can, you can be in financial trouble and raise this kid and make it better and do better. You know, it, it's empowering to say, okay, Yes, this might be hard, but we're going to come alongside you and help you with this. We're going to help you raise this child. We're going to help you get out of this situation that you're in, not help you end an auxiliary problem that's in it. Yeah. Um, And we can talk about that in the case of rape, too. Abortion does not solve the trauma of rape. Yeah. If anything, it will add to it. And I know... And not always. There are a lot of women who have been helped by that. Sure. 
who don't have to look at the reminder of what happened. Um, and there's so, so much that goes into that. But it is not a treatment for what happened to her. Right. It is much more important for us to be talking about what's happening to the rapist, what what's happening right. to to all of these other things. What are we doing to end the fact that rape is happening instead of making sure that women can kill the product of it? Right. You know, yeah. the, these conversations are so much different when you look at them from the other side of saying, okay, no, we can deal with this without causing more right. of a problem, without killing someone in the process. Yeah. And so that's why this issue goes hand in hand, why we can save babies and help women in need. Yeah. It's why pregnancy resource centers exist, why we, why we did everything we did with Birthright, because we wanted to come alongside an organization that looks at these women and says, you can do this. Yeah. And here's, here's where you can go. Here's what we can do. Here's how we can help. Yeah. And if we change the conversation to that as a society, it would be so much different. Yeah. To, to not say, should abortion be needed or should, should abortion be legal or do we need it or any of these things, but address the issues at hand. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know those things sound so much easier than what they are, but to, to work towards that is so much better than to, to keep sure. the cop out there. Cause yeah. it really is in a lot of ways, a cop out. Yeah. Um, and it's a cop out for fathers who don't want to be there yeah. and all of oh, those definitely. things. Yeah. And so that's why those two things go hand in hand, because we are trying to actually help the women in those situations mm-hmm. get out of those situations. Yeah. Not just kill her child and then stay in it. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's great. And you're exactly right. How much more empowering to a woman is it to say, no, you can do this. You can give birth to this baby. You yes. can make it even even through this because you're strong enough to do it. And and we're going to come alongside and help you. Whereas on the other side, you're getting, no, you could never, you could never make it. You need right. to just abort this baby. That right. sounds so less empowering than you are strong enough. You are capable enough. You are able to do this. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's fantastic. So one of the last things I, I want to ask you then, based on that, what are some? It's so maybe we have people listening here in the Evansville area. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some resources that are available for them for women who are listening to this who maybe find themselves in this situation? Um, what are some resources that are available to them uh, other than abortion? Yes. So Jackson, in my backpack there is. And you came prepared. There is a whole binder and stuff in there. That's fantastic. <laughs> well, I actually I keep this on hand with me because if I ever have a woman in front of me that is in a tough situation and needs help, um, I want to be able to have this with me. Now, um, real quick, what is that? Because that yes. sounds like a resource that everyone ought so to carry with them. This is something that I got at the 40 Days for Life campaign kickoff. Okay. It um, is a large sheet of paper. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the right to life puts it out and it's just a list of like pregnancy resource centers, abortion, um, like after you had an abortion kind Mm -hmm. of like help places, (coughs) um, safe haven baby boxes, just all kinds of resources for women in need. And what what's the um, safe in the corner there? Where is it printed from? The right to life. Right to life. So I'm I'm assuming if you go to right to life.org. Uh, uh, their website is 
It's the abbreviation for Right to Life of Southwest Indiana.org. So R-T-L-S-W-I-N.org. Dot org. Fantastic. And you can yes. probably find that exact resource. I would imagine yeah. so. I haven't looked online in a while for it, um, but some of them are birthright, like I've been talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, the Gabriel Project, that one doesn't have a physical location, but like they go and deliver baby clothes and formula oh, wow. and all that stuff to awesome. the moms on the route. My parents actually are a part of that. It's nice. really cool. Um, Shout out to mom and dad. <laughs> yes. Um Little Lambs is a thing. Um, Trotter House is a new one in our area. There's just a lot of places that women can go. So Right to Life will have places on their website that are listed. Um, Googling pregnancy resource centers Mm -hmm. in Evansville is helpful. Um, Students for Life version of this is called Standing With You. Standingwithyou.org is Mm -hmm. where to go for that. And you can put in um, like your zip code and it will put up all of the things that are available to you in your area um and so to anyone who is in need these are the things that are available and then to everyone else knowing these things is so so important that's why i keep it in my backpack i keep one of the gabriel project business cards in my backpack too so that if i have someone in front of me if i'm if i'm walking past planned parenthood for some reason and I get in a conversation with a woman who is seeking an abortion and is open to something else, being able to say, okay, I know where Birthright of Evansville is. I know they're ours. I'll take you there right now. Yeah. You know, to, to tell them in the moment where they can go, who they can call is so, so important because yeah. that immediacy mm. is key um, to, to show them that there's something else available. Yeah. Um, there's a lot more around, but that's just, just some of them. So yeah. Rights Life of Southwest Indiana.org, obviously the abbreviation yeah. of that, and standingwithyou.org. Okay. And Google. That's but, awesome. But Google is a little bit more sketchy. I would go to those <laughs> websites first. Yeah. Google will also give you like abortion as an as Here's a what I think you actually want, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I would go to one of those, those websites directly. first. Cool. Yes. Because standing with you, they, they actually check all of these places before listing them on their website and make sure that they're good. Yeah. You know, so. Last question. Uh, one of the last questions. So you've, you've talked about Persuasive Pro-Life, the book by Trent Horn. Um, what are some other resources that maybe we're not talking about women looking for, for answers right now. We're just talking about anyone who wants to know more about, uh, the abortion issue, who wants to hear more about what it means to be pro-life or good pro-life arguments. What are some resources out there that you would send them to, whether it be books or YouTube videos or websites? What are just one or two, three or four more of those? Yes. One, do that. Um, I can go on a side rant about that in a second of why that's important, but, some of those resources are Persuasive Pro-Life by Trent Horn, um, the Equal Rights Institute. They have a blog. They have a YouTube. They do a really good job. Um, also a podcast. Their podcast is called Equipped for Life. Um, super good podcast. I listen to it like all the time. Okay. Um, but they have really good quick responses. They might say like, you have someone that is giving you the fet- a fetus is a parasite argument, and they have like a five-minute video on how to respond to that. Oh, wow. Um, so really good, quick things of how to deal with the different arguments. Um, and studentsforlife.org. Um, that is our national like website. 
Um, I actually don't know of that many more. I hey, kind of tend to stay in that good, bubble. Yeah, I mean, that's a good um, list right there. But yeah, Equal Rights Institute is amazing. Like, I, I really recommend them a lot. And then also knowing your basic medical facts. Um, you don't actually have to go to any pro-life source for that. Actually, you should go to a pro-choice or neutral source for that. That way, no one can, like, knock your source for mm -hmm. being biased or anything like that and if anything it'll be biased in their direction mm -hmm. um there's there's a lot of like valuable credibility conversation sure. to have but basically if you're talking statistics or like facts don't use pro-life sources mm -hmm. find so. something that's neutral or even yes on the pro-choice side something yeah. that they're putting out yeah, yeah cool. that way you can have productive conversations without annoyances like that yeah. so awesome yeah. Well, Kira, it's been great having you on and getting to hear you talk about this. It sounds uh, like things are just really going awesome for you mm -hmm. and for Students for Life on UE's campus. And so just really excited for what uh, what's happening there and wish you the best. And we'll definitely be praying for you and, and for the whole organization as a whole. And, you know, like we said, it, it may not be a religious organization, uh, which for this issue is perfectly fine and good. Actually better. Uh, yeah, better. Yeah. That's exactly right. Because, you know, you don't need to be religious to understand the value of life. Um, and so, but we are religious, myself, Jackson, and so we're going to be more than happy to, to continue to pray for you and what's happening mm -hmm. there on campus. Um, final plug. Uh, so the, uh, the movie, Unplanned, is going to be shown in Cook 101 uh, on UE's campus at 515 on December 6th. Is that right? Yes. All right. So make sure if you are a UE student, uh, go to that. Is it students only or is anyone welcome? It's technically students only, but I'm not going to tell if someone else shows up unless they cause a problem. Just if you're going to come right. and you're not a student, <laughs> don't cause a problem. <laughs> All right. You heard it here, folks. All are welcome. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But um, th th Kira, thank you so much for being here. Yeah. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you, Jackson, for operating the phone and getting the Bible verse up. And with that said, this is Denton Nice signing off for myself, Jackson, and Kira. This has been Empires of the Future, and we will see you in the future.